Welcome to Making America Strong Again, the only program dedicated to inspire you and to inspire a nation with stories of American exceptionalism and national restoration. Join fellow patriots as we rediscover our past, reignite our future, and celebrate America now. Welcome to Making America Strong Again. This is Steve Old. It's my privilege to be with you today. And actually, it's kind of a fun day. It is our 50th show and uh, exciting to look back the last 50 weeks and, and look forward to the next 50. So pretty exciting time. Also want to thank many of you who are starting to download our podcast at iTunes as well as patriotpodcast.com. You can search there for our show and feel free to share it with those that you think would be interested in the subject matter of Making America Strong Again. It's an interesting experience that we have going on right now in our country because there are a lot of folks with lots of different opinions about how to how to create national restoration. A lot of people with lots of opinions, lots of issues, all sorts of things. But ultimately, we get back to the place that we focused on for almost this entire year, which is who is the person in the mirror? What is it that, that I'm doing to make my country stronger, to make my home stronger, to make my life stronger? Ultimately, it begins with me. It begins with accepting ownership of the results of everything that I have my hand to, whether that's my personal relationships, my business, my job, my schooling, whatever it is, taking extreme ownership of that idea. And we talked about the the book by the same title, Extreme Ownership, written by a couple of Navy SEALs that really walk through the elements that make elite performers elite? What is it they do? And at the core of who they are, they accept the consequences of their actions. They accept the results that they, in fact, are accountable for. And even beyond that, those results that they may not have had a direct impact in, or actually, in many cases, had no way to influence, but now they have a way to help take to the next level. They have the opportunity to solve a problem. So they take ownership of that scenario, whether it was their fault or not. And that focal point is very important because it's easy to get fired up when things are going great. It's easy to get excited about the future when the candidate you like is winning in the polls. It's even more exciting when that candidate wins a nomination or wins an election, whether that's a local race, a state, or a federal race. But that doesn't always happen. It doesn't always happen that the team you build produces the result you want. It doesn't always happen that the mission that you thought you were on is the one that you have to continue driving towards. Sometimes it is. But the important element of owning a vision and owning a mission that you're on is also recognizing when there needs to be an adjustment. What happens when things don't go exactly the way that you'd expected? You know, there's an old saying in the in the military business that says no plan survives first contact with the enemy. Flexibility is the key to air power. That's one that I remember drilled into my head in flight school. So what happens when you build that bold leadership team that we were talking about last week? And what happens in the weeks prior to that we talked about the importance of getting very clear on why you're pursuing a particular objective, getting that leverage on yourself to go put the hammer down and do the hard work and be focused, be prepared, have a great team built, and go tackle that mission like there's no tomorrow. 
Well, what happens is you tackle your mission when you hit a stumbling block or you hit a roadblock and you have to change. What do you do? What do you do when you're faced with adversity? And there are a lot of folks right now that haven't had a lot of challenges in their life where they really had life and death scenarios where they had to make instant decisions, where they had to make changes, where if they don't make a change right now, somebody dies. Our doctors and nurses have those decisions in their hands every day in the rooms, the operating rooms and in the medical facilities. There are law enforcement people that have to deal with those moments. There are active duty military folks, reservists, guards, guardsmen that make those decisions because they're in the combat environment. But hopefully in your day-to-day life, whether it's your job or your business or family relationships, you don't have to make a decision in the next three seconds that's going to decide whether somebody lives or dies. So let's focus on that for a moment. Let's look at those environments where we have the opportunity to, to look at what a particular scenario is and make a decision on how we, how we make a modification to our game plan. And part of the way we do that is by looking at the fundamentals. We have to understand that once your team is up and running and you're headed toward the objective, let's use a football analogy, we're headed toward the end zone. There's a reason that they call the last 20 yards the red zone. And if you're not familiar with football, in simple terms, that's when you're getting close to your objective. When you're getting closer to your objective, it gets harder and harder to get over the goal line, to score the points, to make the win. Why is that the case? Well, a couple of things. First of all, you have less room to maneuver. There are a lot of objections that are in the way. There are a lot of people, and especially in the uh, arena of sports, there are a lot of folks that don't want you to see, score, see you score points. Same thing's true in the political spectrum. In a lot of cases, the same thing is true in business. And part of the challenge is understanding what the adversity is. It's easy to get confused. It's easy to not understand what the real problem is. One of the things in the business community, we focus on our goals, but we also have to be excellent problem solvers. And if you're going to be an excellent problem solver, that is, if you're going to help your team overcome adversity, you have to be good at assessing what the problem is. You have to be really good at understanding what the root causes of a particular challenge might be and asking the hard questions, not only of yourself, but of your teammates, of your vendors, of your suppliers, of your lenders, of anybody else that has anything to do with your mission so that you have good information. Because it is very tough to make a good decision on how you overcome a particular adverse scenario if you're making it on bad information. One of the ways that we can get better at this is to study those who have made good decisions and bad decisions in history. And it doesn't matter whether you want to go study sports. I'm a Redskins fan from way back. I grew up right outside of Washington, D.C., and I can remember I still have a bad attitude about the Skins losing the Super Bowl to Miami in the early 70s. I remember as a little kid, Mike Bass intercepted that first uh, that first defensive play and ran for a touchdown. The Skins were up 7 nothing, and we ended up losing 14-7, to and I'm, I still carry that with me to this day. But throughout the uh, late 70s and the 80s, we worked through a whole other series of opportunities, and a new coach came along, coached by the name of Joe Gibbs, who began to see things differently, who looked through a different lens, who really got to the core elements of what playing that game was all about. And he built a phenomenal game plan. 
So when you look at the challenges that you have in your scenario, you have to begin to ask yourself a couple of significant questions. First of all, who are you going to for coaching advice? That's an important question. And if the answer is just the person in the mirror, I'm going to suggest that's not enough. You can't just be talking to yourself about what you think the challenges are because the funny thing about that is that you're not going to always be honest with yourself. You won't always see the challenges that you, in fact, are creating yourself. That's why it's important to have a team of people around you, people that care enough about you and the mission and the team to tell you the truth. And there's a couple of different kinds of folks that you want in that pipeline. For example, you want some folks that have a vested interest, people that are on the same team, they're going the same direction, they want this to work. But the challenge is if that's the only group of people that you have around it, they too can be blinded by the zeal of the mission. So how do you get objective individuals involved in, in helping coach you on a particular scenario? Well, you ask. You ask for help. You ask for people with expertise. And sometimes they can be folks that volunteer to help because of the mission. Other times it's people that you pay. They're called consultants in some cases. Come look at this particular scenario. I will pay you to analyze the scenario and give me feedback, give me details that I can use as information, information that I analyze that allows me to then make a decision on a particular solution for the problem that is seemingly in our way. One of the other things you can begin to do is put a mix of people together, folks that have varied experience. And rather than waiting for a problem or adversity to come up, begin to get used to asking for people's input as you go along day by day by day. And what happens is it's kind of like flying an airplane. When an airplane takes off from Los Angeles headed to Hawaii, how often is that airplane actually on course? Well, actually, only a very small percentage of the time. Most of the time, that airplane is off course, but you'd never know it because it's making micro adjustments continuously. It's adjusting for wind and temperature and altitude and, and fuel weight because as the airplane flies further, it burns fuel, which means it's lighter, which means the configuration of the airplane has to change ever so slightly. So in effect, that airplane is off course almost all the time, but... The systems on board, the pilots on board, the navigational systems on board keep it on track because it's continually adjusting. Now, if you waited to only adjust that flight parameter till you were halfway through the flight, you'd likely be halfway to Alaska by the time you figured out you were already off course by 30 degrees. Same thing's true in your business. Same thing's true in your job performance. If you wait to get an analysis of your performance, if you wait to look at the business financials once a year, you're going to have a problem. If you wait to look at how your strategic plan is matching up and you look at it in terms of an annual or biannual review, let me suggest you're going to be surprised at what you find. That's why strategy is really good to look at once a quarter. That is, what's your game plan? Is your game plan solid? Are you making progress toward the objectives or do you need to make a strategic change? When we come back from the break, we'll talk a little bit more in detail about how we move into the tactical elements, how you decide how quickly to make decisions, how quickly you make changes, because it's fine to recognize a challenge, but the other part of it is you have to decide what to do about it, and then you have to act on it. So we'll be right back and discuss those points. Making America Strong Again. 
is brought to you by Patriot Mission. To learn more about national restoration, get free resources at www.makingamericastrongagain.com. This is Steve Schwartz with pdgo.com. We've been in business for over 15 years and have created over 1,000 websites for clients across the USA and across the world. We help our clients have a custom, affordable website, and we teach them personally how they can very easily update the information on their websites themselves anytime they want to without being a techie. Take a look at pdgo.com and see samples of our work and testimonials that clients have said about our service. pdgo.com. Again, pdgo.com. At SurfPro of Vero Beach, no job is too big and no question is too small. So when fire, water, or mold damage strikes your home or business, call on SurfPro of Vero Beach at 772-770-0501. That's where you'll find a team of specialists that's faster to any size disaster. So when the things that matter most are on the line, make sure SurfPro of Vero Beach is too by calling 772-770-0501. That's SurfPro of Vero Beach helping make fire, water, and mold damage like it never, ever happened. Franchises are independently owned and operated. Hi, this is Kelly Fisher, a supporter of the Making America Strong Again mission and your local real estate professional here on the Treasure Coast. It has been my honor to serve our community here in Vero Beach since 2003, and with over 1,500 home sales over the past 21 years, it's my hope that you will consider the Kelly Fisher team at Treasure Coast Sotheby's International Realty for all your real estate needs. It's also our desire that every family has a home and every home has a family. And we have partnered with the Homeless Family Center of Vero Beach to work toward that goal. When you buy or sell a home with the Kelly Fisher team, we will make a substantial contribution toward alleviating homelessness in our hometown. To be a part of this great mission, please call us at 772-321-6905. Welcome back to Making America Strong Again, the program dedicated to inspire you and to inspire a nation with stories of American exceptionalism and national restoration. Once again, here's your host, Steve Olds. Well, thanks again for joining our program. And today we're talking about the downside of having a great mission and a great team. And the downside is what happens when you run into roadblocks. How do you deal with them? We've talked about the importance of coaching and understanding a good mix of coaches to have, a good blend of attitudes and perspectives and why that's important. We also talked about the strategy. What's the big picture? Are we are we going the right direction? Are we, are we headed toward Hawaii? Are we actually way off course? So assuming that we have a good focus, we understand what our mission is, it's the right mission, we've got a good coaching opportunity with people that we can trust that'll tell us the truth, there are a couple other elements to the model that you have to be very tuned into. One of them, for example, is the players on the team. You know, Jim Collins wrote a book called Good to Great, and one of the core concepts in his book is it's not enough to have the right people on the bus. And he's using a bus analogy rather than an airplane analogy. In other words, get the people on the bus to go get the mission done. But you got to have people on the bus in the right seats. In other words, you may have a great team, but you got to make sure the people on the team are in the right jobs. They're doing the work that they're best suited to do. 
Sometimes you can have the person that seems to have interest in a particular area, but may be more skilled in another. You also may have different relationships that guide the way your team members can work together in a better fashion than another. Those are elements that you have to pay close attention to. Sometimes you may need somebody else on the team. You may need to replace somebody or you may need to add somebody so that you can lift the whole group up simply by adding a skill set, perhaps adding somebody that's an expert in a technological element of your business. So once once you're clear that the team is in good shape, and the team is operating, first of all, you have to also look at how the team responds to the challenge. Remember what we said at the open, and that is that we must all take ownership of the responsibility for the result. And for all of us to take that responsibility, we also have to be able to look in the mirror and say, you know what, I'm open to whatever criticism, constructive criticism that I'm due. I, not only do I want it, I seek it out. Because if I am to be a strong leader, whether I am the newest person on that team or I am the chief executive officer, I must be willing to accept accountability for the work that I do and ask for that input, ask for that that makes me better. So part of that requires having a thick skin. And it's kind of interesting right now in America, we find ourselves reading front page stories about young people who are feeling threatened because political messages are written on chalk on a sidewalk. They're feeling as though their space is being violated. Now, I'm not going to delve off into a political discussion, but what I am going to do is look at the impact to have a societal situation that's not just one-off, but a group of people, young people who legitimately feel unsafe because of what somebody wrote on chalk on the sidewalk. That's scary. And why it's scary is that when you're working with people, especially of different experiences and backgrounds, it's easy to assume, and we know what happens when we assume, it's easy to assume people think like you do because we're naturally attracted to people that think the same way. So if you have thick skin and you are actively seeking continuous improvement in your life and you believe that the people around you do as well but you haven't asked the question or validated that that's true and you then seek to help somebody improve by sharing constructive criticism and they're not prepared for it guess what you have you have a mess so part of this comes down to establishing standards inside the way a team operates ground rules if you will so that we can put aside personal feelings In other words, when we look at results on a team, when Joe Gibbs looked at the Redskins to figure out did they score a touchdown or not, if they didn't, the question is why not? If they got down to the two-yard line and couldn't get over the goal line, what didn't work? Was the blocking bad? Was the throw bad? What were the elements that made it up? And in that film room, they studied it day in and day out and day in and day out to make sure they could understand what were those key elements that needed improvement. And then what did they do the next week? They practiced on those things. But if those players got their feelings hurt because somebody said their pass was poor and they didn't want to work on that, then what do you have? You don't have a team. Certainly you don't have a winning team. So part of the challenge that we have to look at in this day and age is to, first of all, be very clear and communicate very well what the standards are, what the expectations are for continuous improvement. 
what the expectations are for putting your personal concerns aside and also for creating a safe environment where people can feel open to constructive criticism. You might be surprised to learn how many people have never been in an environment where they learned the value of inviting constructive criticism. In the timeline that we're growing up in now, when everybody gets a trophy for learning how to breathe, there's not a lot of understanding of why it's important to be able to say, I need to know. I need you to tell me the truth. I need you to call me out when my excuses are just that. They're not accurate. So that's part of the process. So as you're building your team and you're continually looking at your team, those are important elements. You also have to look at the plays that you enact. In other words, what are the tactics that you are pursuing? It may simply be that the reason that you run up against uh, some adversity in your business is that a particular tactic that you were implementing was misapplied, or perhaps it was the wrong tactic at the wrong time. This happens a lot in the marketing environment. Sometimes we choose a particular tactic based on what seems to be best practice, but the market says, you know what, I don't agree with you. And ultimately, it is the marketer, or I should say it's the market that is the arbiter of what works and what doesn't work. The market is fickle. Sometimes you think that this marketing strategy is phenomenal, and other times the market says you happen to be wrong. And the market votes with its dollars. So that's an important feedback loop to stay in touch with. And it's an obvious one. But at the same time, a lot of people don't necessarily understand all the elements that go into how that plays out. In other words, you have to look at the source of all those tactical decisions. Another important element in this whole process is the speed at which you assess a particular challenge, how you assess it, and then how you make decisions about it. And that's why it's important to have people that you are confident in that you can go to and say, here's what I see. This is what I've observed. This is the impact that it's had. Here are the decisions that I'm evaluating. This is my top choice. What do you think? And when you can go to a coach, somebody either in a board role or perhaps in a peer role in an organization that you can trust to tell you the truth, you're going to get good feedback. They're going to tell you, ah, I wouldn't do that. Here's why. Now, ultimately, if it's your call to make a decision, you have to make a decision. That's called leadership. That's part of owning the responsibility for getting accurate information, making the best decision you possibly can. So when you look at the opportunities before you, part of the opportunity that you have as an individual and part of your growth is to be able to look at those scenarios, to be able to make the right calls. And guess how you learn how to make the right calls? You make a bunch of wrong calls for a while. You screw things up. You get schooled by the hard knocks. And sometimes there's no way to get around that. There's no beating. <laughs> there's no beating like the one of experience. But the key is, are you learning from it? Are you making better decisions because you're learning from the experience that you earned at the School of Hard Knocks? And you can get through the School of Hard Knocks a little faster if you have a better coaching team. If you invite people on your team that are better than you are, that are more skilled than you are, if you have to be the smartest person in the room, you're done before you start. You better find people who will challenge you, who will raise you up, who want to be stronger themselves. The way we're going to be able to fulfill our mission of making America strong again is by having people, individual citizens, 
that want to be strong themselves, that want to grow themselves, that are willing to take ownership of where we are as a nation. So it's important that you make decisions. It's important that you create new experiences. It's important that you make decisions expeditiously, but not too fast. Unless somebody's going to die, you don't have to make a decision in 32 milliseconds. What you have to do is make an effective decision. And then once you've made it, press on, play it out, see what happens. That's part of building a world-class team and making America strong again. We'll see you next week. Making America Strong Again is brought to you by Patriot Mission. To learn more about national restoration, get free resources at www.makingamericastrongagain.com.